Thank you. Awesome to be in the house of the Lord today. And if you are watching online this morning, lovely to have you with us here as well. Um, I just need to check my phone just for one thing. I was just messaging someone here. And it is related to the service, so no. Anyway, I just want to pray for Johnny Roberts just for a moment. Um, he's just been in hospital for almost a week now, and as of yesterday, he hadn't had an operation yet on his leg. So just be, he's due an operation. He broke his leg badly last Sunday. And so let's just pray for Johnny right now. Jesus, we just, um, we just um, hold up Johnny to you. Um, we just thank you that you're with him. Uh, we thank you for uh, an opportunity in the next day for him to have surgery and to have successful surgery. We pray that his leg would mend and be, and be healed. Uh, we just also thank you for the room right now for a miracle. Um, and we thank you that you are the God of miracles. So we bless him. We speak peace over him today and his family and provision over his business today in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Just uh, in worship this morning, um, I just kind of I saw like what was I think was a a light over a operating theatre, and specifically a dentist's chair. You know those lights that they pull down. It's like nah, whoa. Oh, so you guys are having some bad memories right now, right? Um, so I just want to grab that and just for anyone who's got decay in their mouth and they've got teeth issues, we're just going to pray right now for healing for dental issues. Um, and, if you, and if you need an operation, if you've got any decay in your body, just grab this right now because Jesus is the healer. Everyone who came to Jesus was healed. Um, Jesus and the Father aren't working against each other. The Father, we don't believe the Father's going, oh no, um, I don't think you're due your healing. If Jesus was in the room, we'd go to Jesus and he would heal us. So as he is, so are we in him. So let's just right now, we'll just take that. And Jesus, we just thank you for anyone. If you can relate, if you want to receive right now, um, just put your hand on your heart right now. We'll just release healing. Just release healing right now into the room. Jesus, we just thank you for your healing touch. We just thank you, Father, that you meet our needs. We thank you that your word says that by your stripes we are healed. We have been healed. And we thank you that your cross, on the cross, your blood was shed and your blood was enough. You hit the reset, you became the second Adam, and, and we stepped into that lineage, that new line of blood, the new blood lineage of the second Adam, and we thank you for that lineage. We just thank you for heaven to earth right now, for any need, any physical need right now in every body over this building, whether it's skin, organs, teeth, decay, we thank you, Jesus, for on earth as in heaven. And so we bless bodies to be in health, to prosper. We bless souls to be in health and prosper today. We just thank you for your presence, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, when we lay hands on the sick, your word says that they will recover. And so we thank you for recovery being initiated right now, recovery. If you've laid hands on yourself, <laughs> take that. Recovery in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I just want to thank in advance the AV team this morning. Um, 
and because I got a lot of PowerPoint slides, it's like it's probably like the the uh, the most. So I just want to let's just put our hands together for the tech and AV team down the back. These guys are awesome. Um, and also, I just want to mention quickly, Chris Diath, who's going to be with us in about three weeks, I think it is, um, on a Sunday morning, and then on a Sunday night, he's going to be ministering to businesses, to entrepreneurs, to managers. If you've got a heart for the marketplace, you feel called to an expression within the marketplace, you're passionate about the marketplace, you're invited, all right? It's not just for people who own a business. We want to, you know, the kingdom, we're all ministers, right? We're all kings and priests. We're all called to minister. Some are, you know, called to minister in the house, but most of you are called to export the kingdom into the world. So we'd love for you to come and catch. We love what Chris um, has on his life. He's a prophetic guy. He'll really encourage you. His, uh, he's really infectious. If you're around Chris, you just can't help but be enthusiastic about life, or at least what he's doing anyway. So he's awesome. Uh, so that's going to be a great week. Um, and awesome to have uh, along. So you're all invited. Let me just introduce you to an amazing team of people here that we have. Some are in the building today. This is our staff crew. How about we just put our hands together for our staff crew? Most of these guys um, come down on a Tuesday, um, a lot volunteer, a lot uh, part-time. Actually, I think none of us are paid full-time. We are here because we are called to serve in the house, and we're here called to serve you, and we, we want to... We're an amazing team. These people are giving their lives uh, to Jesus, to the call, to pursue their lives, uh, to pursue God with what they do. And so I just wanted to show, you, show these guys off because they are amazing and we, we love them. And we've also got an amazing governance team. We don't have a photo of those guys, but um, they're also pretty awesome. So let's just put our hands together for our governance team. They're our trustees and our elders. Pardon? Oh, if they're all in the, in the room, just if you're a part of the governance team, an elder on the governance team collective as well, uh, then just be upstanding. Be upstanding right now. Be upstanding. <laughs> Woo! Is, is, is Carol, yeah, Carol, are you in the room? Second service. Now, you're just going to have to bear with me. My iPad settings have changed, so it keeps turning off every 30 seconds or 10 seconds. So I'm like, I'm going to have to keep a finger on my iPad today. Um, so this is our second week of Heart for the House, um, and we're just going to, this morning, just go on a little bit of a, a journey of, of what really matters to us at Thrive Church. So if you're new or you're visiting along, uh, here, you're here today, it's your first Sunday, This is hopefully this gives a little bit of insight and it's also lovely to have you with us this morning. So when Deb and I stepped into the role as senior uh, leaders or lead pastors, I think we call ourselves here, uh, we um, had been youth pastors for kind of 12 uh, years um, and 14 years if you kind of count the uh, national youth pastor role that we, were, we had for a time as well. And so we came into this role with some experience in ministry and we kind of anticipated it would just be like a similar experience. We'd kind of do what we did at youth and kind of bringing it into church, and that's going to be great. And in many ways, it's kind of similar. Um, but what we were seeing at youth, we were seeing a lot of young people saved, and we were discipling them, and, and that was amazing. And we thought, we're going to come in, we're going to lead the church, and we're going to just go for souls. It's just like, oh, all about salvation, and like, let's, let's just see the harvest. 
And then one night, um, around that time, it was like nine years ago now, sheesh, uh, nine years ago, and um, I had a dream one night, and God does speak to me from time to time through dreams, and this is a slightly weird dream, it's a little awkward, and, and so just bear with, right? So I, I saw someone, sit, this is setting a fishing net, um, and they'd swum out with their fishing net, and I saw them setting their fishing net in Kaiteri Terry Beach in Nelson, beautiful beach up there, it was midsummer, and there were heaps of people around, and uh, while they're setting the net, this is in my dream, their togs got caught in the net, and the togs got caught so badly in the net, and they were below the, the, the surface of the water, they had to leave their togs behind and swim to the surface so they could breathe. And then they had to swim back to the beach um, with no togs and then walk out of the water um, with no togs on. And it was really embarrassing for that person. And that was the end of the dream. And it was such a bizarre dream. It was really peculiar. And I was like, this, I think this is a God dream. Holy Spirit. You know, in your last days, you say you'll, you know, pour out your spirit and we'll have dreams and visions. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm going to count this as, what are you saying, Lord, in this dream? And I asked the Lord what this meant. And his response was really quick and really profound. And he said to me, if you, if you go for souls now, you're going to lose my covering. And the context is that, you know, Jesus said to Peter, I will make you fishers of men. And so it was just like, wow, okay, don't, don't prioritize souls and don't prioritize the harvest at this time. So Lord, if we're not going to prioritize the harvest, what are we going to do as a church? What do I do? How do I lead this? You know, how do we take a step forward? And then what happened next was kind of amazing. Um, and no one knew about this dream or our process at the time, but from within the church, we had various artists, prophetic people, poets um, come to us and express the same kind of thing. And they were, they were talking about trees and roots. It was really like someone would come up to me and say, oh, I just, I was doing this drawing. I just really felt like this was for you. And there was a, a drawing of a tree with roots and then other roots going under the surface and then trees growing up from those, those roots. And, and it happened over a period of a couple of months. And we're like, man, God is actually speaking to us about trees here. This is too, too kind of, there's too much of it to actually ignore this. And so we went on this journey actually and, and we were led to this passage from Ephesians 3.17. And I want to read a portion of scripture here to you from uh, Ephesians 3. And, and, and Paul's writing Ephesians 3 from a prison. And he's been suffering and he's actually planted the church in Ephesus years and years before. And you can read that in Acts 19. And, and this was a big city. And, and in this city, this was a place for, where most Greeks and Romans would come. And they were, it was the epicenter of their worship to the god Artemis. And she was a fertility god. And, and so Paul had planted and pioneered a church within this city, a, a large church. And, then, and so he's writing now from a prison locked up in Rome, and he's praying as well in this letter for, for Christians who are hundreds of miles away in Turkey, where Ephesus is. And, and many these are new, there's new people in the church. He didn't know anyone there, but he's got this burden, this burning burden for this church that he's planted. And, and, and in the, the, the letters of Ephesus, Ephesus, um, there's, Paul's unpacks 
a few things, and, and he unpacks how Jesus' work on the cross should basically permeate through every area of our lives. And I want to just give you a snap overview of the letter before we just land in Ephesians 3. Now, like, and it's almost in succinct with the chapters of Ephesians. And number one, you know, to put on your new creation self as a believer, you know, we're blessed in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Number two, we're called to be made alive in Christ. It's by grace that we've been saved through faith. And this is not a, uh, from ourselves. It's a gift of God. Number three, to be established in the love of Jesus and then to express the love of Christ to the world around us. Number four, and this is over two chapters, this is, this is about to be filled with the unity of the Spirit, and it talks about marriage and all that sort of stuff as well, and, and also um, what it is, multi-generational and, 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 um, and culturally as well, to really, you know, to guard the unity of the Spirit. And then number five, to be equipped, you know, we love this one, to, with the full armor of God, you know, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, and, and it's an amazing, it's an amazing book which is brings so much of, of, of the expression of Jesus to the church, and we're called to bring that to the world, and you can get so much out of Ephesians. But at that time, we were really drawn to Ephesians 3.17. So let's just jump into this from verse 14. And, and, uh, and it's, it's a prayer, remember. So Paul says, For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. You know, I love this. Everyone begins in the heart of the Father. Every family begins in the heart of the Father. You know, we're no longer orphans when we're in the Father's house, performing for attention, striving to be good enough, you know, promoted. You know, we, we, if we're good enough, we, we can be promoted and we can be loved. We're now one in Christ. And then it says, he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. That's, that's a power, an encounter power. It's a, I don't know if it's the word dunamis there specifically, but it's a power that brings transformation. It's a deposit of the Holy Ghost. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Isn't that wow? The fullness of of God is found and discovered in the love of Christ and what it means to be together as a community of believers within the love of Christ. You know, I had uh, an encounter with Jesus for the first time as a 13-year-old. I was at a camp in the Easter time in, the, in um, Marlborough Sounds and honestly, my mind was blown. I, I honestly, I went to that camp just thinking we're all kind of like physical being, you know, evolution, what have you. That's it. This is, this is my life. And I had a spiritual encounter and the Father revealed his love to me. And that was amazing. <laughs> but it wasn't until that I was in my early 20s that the Holy Spirit actually started showing me that I was carrying a whole heap of shame about who I was as a person. And 
and I had gone through a lot of rejection and just I was a sensitive guy I guess as well and at high school and I had was carrying a massive fear of failure in my life I wasn't academic at all I struggled sort of dyslexia I just you know I loved art but I was just I didn't really fit the mold I struggled with pornography as a teenager as well I was just like you know really trying to find my way and I was and through all that baggage I realized I had just a lot of shame on my life when as I came into my into my 20s and that happened in a there was really a catalyst moment where I went to a a meeting uh, when I was about 22 years old and I experienced deliverance <laughs> I experienced deliverance from a demon and it was a little bit messy and it was a little bit wild and I'd never experienced anything like that in all my life. I'd, I was, I'd actually observed it happening and I thought, oh, there's no way that I'm ever going to get, I'm not going to go anywhere near that stuff. And then all of a sudden, I just, I, the presence of God overwhelmed me. And it was so intense that, you know, that afterwards, after I experienced that for a couple of weeks, I just couldn't stop shaking. I was like, I had such an encounter with the Holy Ghost. Um, and it was really out of the box because people notice people when they're shaking. And it, it was really uncomfortable. And I'd come into church and I'd be just like doing the funky chicken, like my head would just be shaking. And, and even at times now, when I'm in worship, I experience this, just, I don't know, it's a, I would call it a deep intercession now. And I know immediately what God's asking me to do is just to humble myself and to pray and to be in a posture of intercession. But anyway, that moment brought to the surface all the shame around my life and actually what I thought about myself. And, and it's actually really important what you think about yourself. And, and if we just keep stuffing all those little thoughts of, about ourselves under the rug and just let's just keep up religion you know that's just not going to lead to freedom because with the spirit of the lord is there is freedom and i counted the spirit of the lord and i got free and it was amazing you know shame places a hood over our true selves shame causes us to stay back in the shadows to keep our distance from others shame says you're disqualified and because you're guilty you're, you're dirty you're a bad person. And like a snail that recalls into a shell, that's what shame causes us to do. But in 1 John 4, it says, you know, perfect love casts out fear because fear has to do with punishment. There is no fear in love. And I just want to say to some people today, shame off you. <laughs> Through the blood of Jesus, shame off you. And so in the Father's house... In the context of actually of this church, I went on a real journey of restoration into wholeness and a journey out of shame. And, and I discovered what it meant to be loved as a child of God actually in this church. And, and I discovered what it meant to actually allow Christ to come in as king of my heart. And that when I follow his ways, you know, his ways are higher than the world's ways. There's this, there's this distinction between Christ's ways and the world's ways. And when we come into the king's ways, we come into the ways of freedom. And we can't have the world's ways and the king's ways because then he's not king. 
He's calling us in to the, to the king's ways. And, and last week I talked about the story of Jacob, who was really a man coming into this expression of the kingdom and of the ways of the king. And, and, and he was kind of a loose unit, cowboy type young man that, that grew up and, and needed to find his own identity in his father's house, but all his own identity in God as well. And then he went on to become the father of 12 tribes. And he just couldn't live in the shadows. And God doesn't want any one of us to live in the shadows of someone else's faith or in someone else's anointing. We're all called to discover that for ourselves. And so in this process of maturing, Jacob had this encounter, you know, on the, on the, on the way where he saw the angels ascending and descending on the ladder. And he, and he calls this place Bethel and he says, surely God's here. I didn't know it, but he's here. This is the house of the Lord. And that is actually the first reference in the Bible to the house of God specifically. So this place had been a place of encounter for Jacob. And he was marked by that moment. But then many years later in Genesis 35 verse 1, just going to take a bit of this verse. It's, and God said to Jacob, go up at once to Bethel and live there. See, Jacob was required by God to go back to Bethel and to become planted in that location where he had his first encounter at Bethel, at the house of God, so to speak. And that is not, that's not prescriptive for us. It's like, well, oh, that's right, I had, that, I had that encounter in the North Island. I've now, I've got to go back to the North Island. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that, but there's a big thought here that for Jacob to be able to step into his inheritance, there was a requirement for him to be planted in the house of God. In Ephesians 2, that book of Ephesians again, Paul writes, With Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone, in him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which, the, in which God lives by his Spirit. We're not talking about a building right now, okay? We're talking about a community of people with Christ as the cornerstone that God is bringing together to say that at, together you're going to bring an expression of the, of the temple. And this is because, you know, being, an established, being established in love, which is, you know, Ephesians 3, requires an establishment of love. And Christ is the cornerstone of the church, the, 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 the place, the pinnacle, the marker of which the church is referenced by and established from. And to be, to be established, we need to be planted in the house of God, where our roots can go deep. Like I love this painting that Mackenzie uh, did late last year for us. And, I, and, and this is an olive tree, and it's planted actually in pretty dry, arid soil, but those roots are determined. They are going to find nutrients. They, and olive trees, if they're planted in New Zealand, they're like, sweet, this is like awesome. And they just grow massive because our soil's so fertile. But they will, they will bed into really arid soil and, and grow from that place. And, 
man, we're called to, to be in a place where our roots can go deep, where we, f- we, we feel like this is family. This is my community. This is, the, this is the part of the temple that I'm meant to bring expression from. And, 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 and I, I know sadly that there are many people, many Christians who get hurt by the church or people in the church and they can become root-bound as pot plant Christians. And, and they, you can never put their roots down fully into the expression of what the establishment of love is. You know, and if you're sitting here today and you've got some hurt from the church or from a pastor, you know, I want to say from on behalf of pastors, I'm sorry. On behalf of the church, I'm sorry. We're on a journey. We're working things out. We get things wrong. Sometimes we overlook people. Sometimes we're having conversations with people and we're thinking a billion things and then we're talking with you and we're looking at someone behind you and it's like, that's just not right. <laughs> we're sorry for when you don't feel noticed, you know, like it's just we're not gonna bring the alone the perfect expression of the love of God. But together, man, together we can be something so incredible. So this is our vision statement as a church. We see a church full of the love of Jesus, equipped with his purpose, transforming our world. This is about us, you know, knowing the love of Christ for ourselves and then sharing his love with others, walking out his purpose. And this is in the big things and in the little day-to-day things, the hidden places. Our purpose, we've got four purpose statements, if you like. I'm going to just touch on two. Deb's going to do two next week. Belong. We're a community of connection, acceptance and honour. Thrive as a place with room for everybody. We want to see authentic relationships loaded with encouragement, knowing people not by what they did yesterday or what where they're at and the struggles they're in. Yes, we identify that, but we also see people for who they're called to be. And we see the people for their prophetic identity and we call that out. We want to say to our community, you belong in the heart of God. And actually, just this week, um, I was in here on Wednesday, and I've just got a cool pic here of, of these guys, Donna, Carl, and, and um, Shandy. And, and they are, this is our Thrive Helps ministry, or a part of our Thrive Helps ministry. I think there are about 10 parcels going out this week. And, and it, this isn't us. We don't have a desire to become the largest food bank or anything like that in Rangura. If that happened and that was in God's heart, well, that would be just in his heart. But... We're about, we want to support people that we're in relationship with, whether they're in the church or outside of the church. And so we're just communicating to those who are receiving this, hey, you matter, we see you, and we want you to experience the heart of God through provision. So our second, um, our second purpose statement is, is be loved. Uh, we're passionate about seeing people encounter the radical love and freedom of God. And that, that, that thought of being established in love is that we want that to be the launch pad, the why for whatever we do here in church. We don't want to just do the next best thing. We were like, is God in this? Is he calling this out of us? Is this in a response to what love looks like? Or is this a desire just to be successful or to grow or to whatever? Like we just want to really try and maintain real authenticity 
in regards to why we do what we do. So let's just turn to, if you've got your Bibles here today, to 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verse 12. It says this, Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not be for that reason, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the, in the body, every part of them, just as he wanted them to be. Isn't that amazing? Just as he wanted them to be. Just turn to your neighbor and just say, you're equipped as you are. And we're just going to jump down to verse 27. The whole read is, is a wonderful read, this chapter. And then it says, now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is, is a part of it. This is really confronting on a couple of levels, I think, this passage. Number one, that Jesus would put his name against a bunch of really unique, different people <laughs> with all different perspectives and voices and ideas and experiences and say, you're called to be one body, united, interdependent relationships, and, and you're called to reveal who I am to the world. I think that's a really risky move, Jesus. That, that we would represent what, like, let's think of this. He's king. He's Lord. He's holy. He's wonderful. He's counselor. He's mighty God. He's grace and he's truth. He's love. He's a servant of all. And he wants to put his name by us. And say, this is what I look like. Secondly, this is confronting because just like a body needs diverse attributes to make it complete, when you're a follower of Christ, you're then a part of the picture of the church. You know, we can't love Jesus and divorce the church. We can't follow Christ on one hand and, and ignore the commands he gave to us about the importance of serving and loving one another. John thirteen thirty four, Jesus says this, A new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And that, that was the first and greatest commandment that subbed, summed up all the other commandments it was the context he gave that in. And then you've got some one another's, 
some more one another's, you know, from the, from the church or to the churches in the New Testament that, that James and Paul wrote. And we've got, got a few, I won't read all those, be devoted to one another. What does that look like? Care for one another. Comfort one another. Show hospitality to one another. Clothe yourself in humility towards one another. Teach one another. Confess your faults to one another. And Paul and James, they're not writing these as suggestions to the church. These are, these are essentially commands. And, and it's not like that. I believe when we're in Christ that they're going to be unnatural for us to do. <laughs> because as we're established in love, it's what love looks like, right? Where actually I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Like This, this is an expression of what a, a laid down life looks like. And you know, the, the early church, they had, they had the love one another thing going on because it says in Acts, you know, that God added to their number daily because people from the outside were going, whoa, I'm noticing. I'm noticing what's going on. I'm noticing what's going on in, in, this, in this house. I know that this, everyone's getting the love and this is supernatural. This is not just like sports club love or, you know, like, you know, like just mates hanging out. I mean, that's great. But this is like they would come in, people would come in and encounter a supernatural love. So the body needs everyone to function healthily. If you're a part of the body of Christ, what are you called to do? What are you called to bring? And potentially there's parts of our body that aren't functioning. And it's kind, of, it's kind of graphic really when you think about that, but our body needs every single part. Don't reject your gift to the body. Here's a picture I want to I show. This is... This is another little bit confronting here. The church is not a cruise ship where a handful of people serve everyone else who's relaxing. No, the church is a battleship where it's all hands on deck and everyone serves on mission. And the big idea here, obviously, is that we need to work together to become the expression of Christ. And that's not the full expression of Jesus, obviously, or the church. But it really illustrates a point that we need to be together. In this. Now, have we got those cards? Has everyone got a. Now, this isn't. To, to, you've got your card in your hand today, and, and this is not to fill out in this moment at all. But I just really wanted to give you guys something to take away today. Because if you're on a, if you're on a battleship, if we're like, well, well, I'm the church. I'm in the church. Yeah, I'm not on a cruise ship. What was that talking about? I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm here to do something. I'm going to, you know, my life's laid down. I'm a man of war. You know, everyone's, 
But if you're, if you're on the, the battleship, you're, you're on that for, for three reasons, generally speaking, and you're here and you're like, oh, this is a little bit awkward. Maybe you're new to the ship and you're new to this church and you're like, I'm in a time of orientation. And, you know, I need to figure out where this place, what this place looks like and how I can be involved best. And, and that's cool. And that can take, you know, that can take time as well. So we don't have a, like a, we don't, this is not a drive to get people on a roster, by the way. <laughs> so you could be here in a time of orientation. Um, you could be on the ship and you're weary. Uh, you've been wounded and, or you've been rescued, you feel rescued. And, you know, every warship has a hospital of types. And you could be in a time of rest and recovery on board this ship, and that is really important as well. Or the third reason is that you're ready for active duty. You're activated, or you are in it, you're activated and you're a contributing member of the crew. Now in Ephesians 4, there's a couple of verses I just want to highlight here. It says, I, in verse 4, it says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. To each of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Now this is actually given, if you read Ephesians 4 in the context of the church as well, so I'm not just kind of grabbing out scriptures to just kind of like make it make sense for my message. <laughs> this is about maturity. Thank you, I received that giggle. It's encouraging. So your, the response from this message this week is I want to just ask you to have a journey with the Holy Spirit because he has got grace for you. There is a, a life worthy of the calling that you've received and a big part of it, or a significant part of it, I should say, is how you express your part of the body within the context of the body of Christ. So ask the Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me about? Where am I in, in relationship to this warship context? You know, like am I, actually do I need to go on a healing journey? Because if that's you, do it. Be purposeful about the healing journey. Connect with a pastor, a counsellor, a friend. Get your mask off. Just be real. Really, really, really important. I also just want to say this just briefly in, in summary as well, is that where God calls us into a place of serving, it's not to be just another expression of obligation. It's actually to be an expression of hope. You know, Jesus says that it is more blessed to give than received. It's more blessed. That means that actually as we give, it's because part of it is that there's going to be hope released to us and through us. So it's really, it's not a, just a, I need to tick this box. It's actually, a, this week, ask the Holy Spirit, how do you want to bring hope into my, ex, my experience with the church? Let's just stand in closing this morning. I just want to go back to hmm, this is
go back to this passage from Ephesians 3 here. Thank you, Jesus. I pray. Let's just, um, let's just posture ourselves in the Father's house, in the Father's heart today. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. We receive this morning, Jesus. We receive this morning, Jesus. We receive Holy Spirit. We receive this morning. Just right now, just receive the Father's love. Just receive the Father's love in this place. Just receive the Father's love. Just receive the Father's love. We thank you, Father. We thank you for your great love. We thank you for your great love. We thank you that we can know your love. We thank you we can know your love, Jesus. And I just pray for from the back to the front, from the left to the right, right now, just for a fresh baptism in your presence. Just a fresh immersion of your spirit that we would be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Thank you, Jesus. We just thank you. We're going to just worship in a moment. If you've been, if you're here this morning and and you've really connected with this message, we'd love to minister to you. If you feel like you've been carrying shame around your life, shame around your identity, shame about some of the stuff you've done, just, well, you just feel like you connect with that word, but you have absolutely no idea why. But you just know that that's something over you. And you just want to get free from shame. We just love to see freedom. We love to see freedom in this place. We'd love to pray with you. If you have never received Jesus, or you're like, I want to give Jesus my life. I want to, I want to say you're Lord. I want to follow you, Jesus. If you're here today and you're like, I want to, that's, yep. I want to identify with that. Identify with grace, right? Because there's grace for you today. There's grace for everyone today. If you can identify with that this morning, we'd love to pray with you as well. Specifically, if you want to follow Jesus today, and you're like, yep, come down over here. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to meet you this morning. We're going to sing right now. Just as we sing, just ask the Holy Spirit, do I need to respond? Do I need to respond? Do I need to get free of something this morning? Do I need to take a stand for something for someone this morning? Awesome. Let's just worship Him.